0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Hustle with Heart podcast. This is Erin Harrigan, the Hustle with Heart coach and your host for the podcast tailor-made for women who want to bridge faith and business to experience grace over grind, surrender over self-reliance, peace over perfection, and focus and fulfillment over frustration and FOMO. If you're wondering if it's even possible to do all that and still build a thriving business, the answer is yes. In this podcast, I'll bring you practical tips and godly insights. So you can do just that. Plus, we'll have some great guests and a whole lot of fun together. If that sounds like you, you're in the right place. And if you're ready to pursue Success God's Way, let's get started. Hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. Can you believe it is April? Wow. Listen, before we jump in, I want to let you know that April is Financial Literacy Month. So this month, we're going to be talking about money and business from a biblical Standpoint. We're going to start out with a fantastic interview with my friend Carissa Quaddy, who coaches women entrepreneurs to be leaving a legacy and build their business with biblical finances. And then we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. I'm going to share some of my personal story of our financial crisis from 2014 to 2018 and how Jesus played a part in that. So listen in, share this podcast. Give it a review, leave it five stars, all the things. And by the way, if you're wondering how well you're allowing God to be your business partner, how well you're bridging faith and business, be sure to get over to my website and take the faith and biz quiz. It's absolutely free. It'll take you about seven minutes and you'll get your score out of a hundred plus the opportunity to schedule a free discovery call with me to walk through your custom report. So. With that, let's dig in for our next episode around the theme of financial literacy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. It is April 12th. We are almost to the middle of the month of April, this first month of the second quarter Of 2021. like It's so insane to me that we're already here. But um, you know, if you listened last week, and if you didn't, you're going to want to go back and listen, that April is Financial Literacy Month. So this month, we're talking all about biblical business finances. And I'm not going to go nearly as deep as my friend Carissa did last week. Wasn't that a fantastic interview? Go share that with someone you know and leave a review. Um, And don't forget to go to the show notes and get the worksheet that she created for us. But this week, I want to be really vulnerable with you and share our financial story because it is so wrapped up in what became this Pursuing Success God's Way coaching platform that I have here. It is what inspired um, part of the book, Pursuing Success, God's Way, A Practical Guide to Hustle with Heart. If you don't have it, go get it on Amazon. Um, but I'm going to pull out the curtain a little bit. And I've promised myself that I'm not going to cry when I do this. So <laughs> hold me to that. All right. So to give you a little bit of background, Brian and I have been married for 27 years. It was 27 years in January. Um, we both grew up uh, in in a little bit of, I would say he grew up in less poverty than I did. So his parents, you know, struggled at the beginning of their marriage. And then, um, his dad had a job with the federal government and, you know, their circumstances changed significantly from an income perspective. I grew up the oldest of four to a single mom and she worked multiple jobs and, I knew growing up that way that the way out for me, the 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 change of legacy for me was going to be to get a job and get a degree and work hard and make a lot of money. And so that's what I did. I propped my ladder against the corporate uh, building and started working. And provided a very lucrative income for my family. There was a point, there were two points in our marriage that Brian had the opportunity to be a stay-at-home dad. Um, because I had, I made more than enough. I made, um, at one point, triple what he made. And so we had built a pretty cushy life in 2010. But what we were missing was time and quality time. So I was traveling about 70% of the time. I had a big title and a big income, et cetera. But I desperately wanted to be more available to my family. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and all respect to the stay-at-home moms out there because, whew, that's not something I could have done, but I wanted to be able to call the shots. I wanted to be able to not have to listen to the orchestra concert or the cheerleading competition on the phone, on the way home, on the train from New Jersey back to Baltimore. I wanted to be able to you know, be available and take off when I wanted to take off. And I didn't want to be at someone's beck and call um, someone totally calling the shots over my life. So in 2010, I found my Arbon business at the time and in network marketing, which is something I swore I'd never do. But in it, I saw the opportunity for a way out. I saw an opportunity to create an income and help and serve others and potentially be able to replace my income. So I did that pretty quickly in about 14 months. And I reached a level where I was making, um, you know, four figures a month easily in that, plus working my full-time job. So in 2012, two years into that business, um, I was unexpectedly let go from my job. I was on track to do about 160% to goal that year. They were going to be paying me a giant bonus, and they decided that I was no longer part of their plan. Um, from that, uh, some some legal proceedings happened. Following that, um, so from 2012 through about 2015, we were, you know, in this legal battle, but. I had made the decision, and I do say I, because it was done without prayer, <laughs> and really without consulting Brian. It just was what I decided, that when I left that job that day, and my salary, and my 401k contributions, and my healthcare disappeared, I was never going back to that situation again. And I was just going to work my Arbon business, and whatever it took, I was going to work it. And because if you haven't read my book, but maybe you've followed me for a little while, you know that I'm a driver and striver. Um, from early days, and I just transferred all of that tenacity and grit and determination and pushing from my corporate life into my entrepreneurial endeavor. And while that served me well for getting things done, it also repelled people in my business because I was a little too intense, but it also got me on this track of this constant feeling, tell me if any of you can relate to this. Um... Overwhelm that I had to do more and push harder and be in control of everything, um, tying up my identity to my achievement and my title and my dollars, etc., and really buying into the world's mantra to succeed at all costs. But what happened to us financially, and that's what I want to focus on here with this, is that while I made that decision to just go all in with my entrepreneurial endeavor, what we did not do is we did not change our lifestyle. And in not changing our lifestyle and really trying to keep up appearances because uh, we had all the material wealth, I didn't want anyone to know that I had lost my job. I didn't want anyone to think that I we couldn't pay for our big house. I didn't want anyone to think that, you know, the white Mercedes that I was driving uh, that we couldn't afford. So we never changed our lifestyle. We kept living here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing, like, I have my hand up one way, but our income was down here, and there was a big gap, like thousands of dollars of gap. We were just robbing Peter to pay Paul and trying to keep up appearances. For my children at the time, um, they were, I think, 16 and 14. While mom was available, um, mom was trying to give them everything she could so that they would want for nothing because I wanted for everything when I was a kid. But what that meant was keeping up appearances to them as well on where we were financially. So where that all began to crash was um, two places. So first and foremost, let me kind of backpedal a little bit. It was in 2014, just before I lost my title in Arbonne. Um, And when you lose a title in a business like that, it's because your volume is not um, is not increasing or, or maintaining at a certain level. Um, I had hit a wall and I remember just being on my knees praying to what I thought was Jesus. But at the time for me, very candidly, my idea of Jesus was sort of the universe and law of attraction and God like rolled into one. So I reached out to a mentor who I call in my book, uh, the velvet hammer. And I said, I just don't know what to do. Like I'm working so hard and my business doesn't seem to be moving. And the mantra that I kept hearing in my business was, well, you must have a mindset issue. You must have a crack in your belief um, and you're not doing enough. You just need to do more. Which of course spoke to my achiever heart, right? Like I just need to do more. But she said two things to me that day. Number one, she said, it's not about what you make. It's about what you spend. That was like earth shattering to me. Because I'd never thought about it that way. Coming from very little, where all I ever wanted in my life was to have food in the fridge, AC in the summer, and heat in the winter. And I had accomplished all of that. But I wanted more, I wanted more, I wanted more. It never occurred to me like, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. Because to me, on paper, it was all about what I made. That's what defined me, right? And then the second thing she said to me was, you don't know who you are or whose... You are. I didn't know who I was because I had been so wrapped up in identifying or putting my identity and anchoring that to the stuff of the world, which we know is shifting sands. Right? Um, In the Bible, it says, "Do not store up your your treasure on earth, right? Because that that's ever changing. I mean, the world's not only is it ever changing because, like, hello, 2020, right? But the standards change and the definitions change, and and it's constantly shifting. Right? Store up your treasures in heaven. So. My identity was wrapped up there, but I also didn't understand or realize that this sort of ethereal universe thing was actually not that. It was that the Creator, the person who created me, knit me together in my mother's womb, um, I, who who made me as his workmanship, predestined for good works, who knew every hair on my head, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, et cetera, etc, that that he gave his son Jesus for me. And for you, that we would be free from death and we would be free from sin. And that, like, if I just anchored myself in Jesus instead of in the world and the titles and the income, that my life would significantly change because it would no longer be about me and trying to keep up appearances and trying to keep up the dollars and the cents. It would be all about Him. And if I would let Him lead, it would look different than the world, right? If I would pursue success God's way that I would have peace and I would have joy and that yes, there would be work to be done and action to be taken. And yes, it would be hard, but that ultimately, because he knows my plan, he created it, right? That, that my approach to business and life and finances would be drastically different. So that was sort of the first milestone that happened along our financial journey, but we continued to live the life we were living, Um. Because we were outspending what I was making in my business. So then, therefore, that gave me a desperation about about the business I needed to do. At the end of 2015, early 2016, so five years ago, um, earlier this year, I saw that my church, shout out Chesapeake Church, Huntingtown, Maryland, uh, that they were offering Financial Peace University. And at that point, Brian and I were at such odds that every time we interacted it was like acid i don't know if anybody can relate to that but it was so ugly all the time because there was never enough money and we were trying to like move the money and rob peter to pay paul that i said let's go take this course so we did february of 2016 we started the course and um i was you know leaning in and he was leaning back <laughs> ever the skeptic but what that course gave us was a common language. What it gave us was the systems and the process and the and the, the plan for how we could start to understand two things. Where is our money going, right? Giving it a name and understanding where it's going. And by understanding where it's going, seeing the gap between where the money needed to go and where we what money was coming in and to do what the velvet hammer said. It wasn't about what we made, it's about what we spend. So it gave us those two things. Now, I'm here to tell you that those first few conversations were 100% painful. <laughs> um, there was so much angst, but there was so much blame and resentment. I was blaming myself and Brian was resentful because I had lost the job. Um, you know, we had blown through my 401k, which was well over 300,000 at that point, just to keep up, just to keep moving in the direction we were moving. Um, I don't know at the time that we could have sold the house that we did decide to sell the house. And we tried several times between 2016 and 2018 before it finally sold, but we wanted to protect our kids as much as we could and keep their surroundings, you know, as, as comforting and secure as we could. But at the same time, like it was killing us. It was killing us. We were 45 days behind on our mortgage. Um, and yet I was stubborn because I was like, I I can't go get a job. If I go get a job, people won't, will, will think like this, this Arbonne business doesn't work. And I, and I can't, I can't do that. So in those conversations, Um, Just like Carissa was talking about last week in her story, you know, understanding where could we go with, um, if we understood what we were spending and how could we change that narrative and then therefore how could we change the legacy, um, that's where that journey began in February of 2016. So I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger. (laughs) And I'm going to come back in our next episode and talk more and finish this story. And the reason I want to do that is because I want to keep you engaged because I think many of us as Christian entrepreneurs, um, especially as we're trying to transition from um, employee to entrepreneur, we make the mistake of not getting our finances in a place that could give us the runway to be able to make that shift. I mean, listen— it's one thing to 100% trust that the Lord is moving you in a direction. And we are also called to provide for our families and to leave a legacy. So next week on our next episode, I'm gonna get into some of the scripture around that. I'm gonna get into what happened next and finish up the story of where we are now. Um, But for now, if that's you, if you're struggling in that place of financial burden, could I direct you to reach out to Carissa, Um, reach out and find a Financial Peace University class. Reach out to me. I'll be happy to, you know, chat through that with you. Um, I do coach some of my clients on this. So, you know, let's connect, but DM me, would you? And just let me know how this resonates with you. Are you in financial crisis? Have you come through financial crisis? I would love to know that. And for now, I'll see you on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of the Hustle With Heart podcast. I pray it brings you value as you build a business with God as your most powerful business partner. Listen, I get so excited about your shout outs to the podcast on social media. So when you shout out, please tag me. You can follow me on Facebook as the Hustle With Heart Coach and on Instagram as Aaron Harrigan Entrepreneur. For all things Hustle With Heart, visit AaronHarrigan.com and pick up your free copy of chapter one of my book, Pursuing Success God's Way, A Practical Guide to Hustle With Heart. I'm praying for you, friend, that you'll experience the joy of pursuing success God's way in your business and that it will produce much fruit and impact His kingdom in greater ways than you could ever imagine.